Chapter Twenty Three of California Sketches by Oscar Pin Fitzgerald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Three. Father Fisher. He came to California in eighteen fifty five. The Pacific Conference was in session at Sacramento. It was announced that the new preacher from Texas would preach at night. The boat was detained in some way, and he just had time to reach the church where a large and expectant congregation were in waiting. Below medium height, plainly dressed, and with a sort of peculiar shuffling movement as he went down the aisle, he attracted no special notice except for the profoundly reverential manner that never left him anywhere. But the moment he faced his audience and spoke, it was evident to them that a man of mark stood before them they were magnetized at once and every eye was fixed upon the strong yet benignant face the capacious blue eyes the ample forehead and massive head bald on top with silver locks on either side his tones in reading the scripture and the hymns were remarkably solemn and very musical the blazing fervor of the prayer that followed was absolutely startling to some of the preachers who had cooled down under the depressing influence of the moral atmosphere of the country it almost seemed as if we could hear the rush of the pentecostal wind and see the tongues of flame the very house seemed to be rocking on its foundations by the time the prayer had ended all were in a glow and ready for the sermon the text I do not now call to mind, but the impression made by the sermon remains. I had seen and heard preachers who glowed in the pulpit. This man blazed. His words poured forth in a molten flood, his face shone like a furnace heated from within, his large blue eyes flashed with the lightning of impassioned sentiment, and anon swam in pathetic appeal that no heart could resist. Body, brain, and spirit all seemed to feel the mighty afflatus his very frame seemed to expand and the little man who had gone into the pulpit with shuffling step and downcast eyes was transfigured before us when with radiant face upturned eyes and upward sweep of his arm and trumpet voice he shouted hallelujah to god the tide of emotion broke over all barriers the people rose to their feet and the church re-echoed with their responsive hallelujahs the new preacher from texas that night gave some californians a new idea of evangelical eloquence and took his place as a burning and a shining light among the ministers of god on the pacific coast he is the man we want for san francisco exclaimed the impulsive b t crouch who had kindled into a generous enthusiasm under that marvelous discourse he was sent to san francisco he was one of a company of preachers who have successively had charge of the southern methodist church in that wondrous city inside the golden gate boring evans fisher fitzgerald gober brown bailey wood miller ball haas chamberlain mahon tuggle simmons henderson there was an almost unlimited diversity of temperament culture and gifts among these men but they all had a similar experience in this that san francisco gave them new revelations of human nature and of themselves some went away crippled and scarred some sad 
some broken but perhaps in the great day it may be found that for each and all there was a hidden blessing in the heart throes of a service that seemed to demand that they should sow in bitter tears and know no joyful reaping this side of the grave o oh, my brothers who have felt the fires of this furnace heated seven times hotter than usual shall we not in the resting-place beyond the river realize that these fires burned out of us the dross that we did not know was in our souls the bird that comes out of the tempest with broken wing may henceforth take a lowlier flight but will be safer because it ventures no more into the region of storms fisher did not succeed in san francisco because he could not get a hearing a little handful would meet him on sunday mornings in one of the upper rooms of the old city hall and listen to sermons that sent them away in a religious glow but he had no leverage for getting at the masses he was no adept in the methods by which the modern sensational preacher compels the attention of the novelty-loving crowds in our cities an evangelist in every fibre of his being he chafed under the limitations of his charge in san francisco and from time to time he would make a dash into the country where at camp meetings and other special occasions he preached the gospel with a power that broke many a sinner's heart and with a persuasiveness that brought many a wanderer back to the good shepherd's fold his bodily energy like his religious zeal was unflagging it seemed little less than a miracle that he could day after day make such vast expenditure of nervous energy without exhaustion he put all his strength into every sermon and exhortation whether addressed to admiring and weeping thousands at a great camp meeting or to a dozen or less standbys at the saturday morning service of a quarterly meeting he had his trials and crosses those who knew him intimately learned to expect his mightiest pulpit efforts when the shadow on his face and the unconscious sigh showed that he was passing through the waters and crying to god out of the depths in such experiences the strong man is revealed and gathers new strength the weak one goes under but his strength was more than mere natural force of will it was the strength of a mighty faith in god that unseen force by which the saints work righteousness subdue kingdoms escape the violence of fire and stop the mouths of lions as a flame of fire fisher itinerated all over california and oregon kindling a blaze of revival in almost every place he touched he was mighty in the scriptures and seemed to know the book by heart his was no rosewater theology he believed in a hell and pictured it in bible language with a vividness and awfulness that thrilled the stoutest sinner's heart he believed in heaven and spoke of it in such a way that it seemed that with him faith had already changed to sight the gates of pearl the crystal river the shining ranks of the white-robed throngs their songs swelling as the sound of many waters the holy love and rapture of the glorified hosts of the redeemed were made to pass in panoramic procession before the listening multitudes until the heaven he pictured seemed to be a present reality he lived in the atmosphere of the supernatural the spirit world was to him most real 
i have been out of the body he said to me one day the words were spoken softly and his countenance always grave in its aspect deepened in its solemnity of expression as he spoke how was that i inquired it was in texas i was returning from a quarterly meeting where i had preached one sunday morning with great liberty and with unusual effect the horses attached to my vehicle became frightened and ran away they were wholly beyond control plunging down the road at a fearful speed when by a slight turn to one side the wheel struck a large log there was a concussion and then a blank the next thing i knew i was floating in the air above the road i saw everything as plainly as i see your face at this moment there lay my body in the road there lay the log and there were the trees the fence the fields and everything perfectly natural my motion which had been upward was arrested and as poised in the air i looked at my body lying in the road so still i felt a strong desire to go back to it and found myself sinking toward it the next thing i knew i was lying in the road where i had been thrown out with a number of friends about me some holding up my head others chaffing my hands or looking on with pity or alarm yes i was out of the body for a while and i know there is a spirit world his voice had sunk into a sort of whisper and the tears were in his eyes i was strangely thrilled both of us were silent for a time as if we heard the echoes of voices and saw the beckonings of shadowy hands from that other world which sometimes seemed so far away and yet is so near to each one of us surely yon heaven where angels see god's face is not so distant as we deem from this low earth tis but a little space tis but a veil the winds might blow aside yes this is all that us of earth divide from the bright dwellings of the glorified the land of which i dream but it was no dream to this man of mighty faith the windows of whose soul opened at all times godward to him immortality was a demonstrated fact an experience he had been out of the body intensity was his dominating quality he wrote verses and whatever they may have lacked of the subtle element that marks poetical genius they were full of his ardent personality and devotional abandon he compounded medicines whose virtues backed by his own unwavering faith wrought wondrous cures on several occasions he accepted challenge to polemic battle and his opponents found in him a fearless warrior whose onset was next to irresistible in these discussions it was no uncommon thing for his arguments to close with such bursts of spiritual power that the doctrinal duel would end in a great religious excitement bearing disputants and hearers away on mighty tides of feeling that none could resist i saw in the texas christian advocate an incident related by dr f a mood that gives a good idea of what fisher's eloquence was when in full tide about ten years ago says dr m when the train from houston on the central railroad on one occasion reached hempstead it was peremptorily brought to a halt there was a strike among the employees of the road on what was significantly called by the strikers the death warrant 
the road it seems had required all of its employees to sign a paper renouncing all claims to moneyed reparation in case of their bodily injury while in its service the excitement incident to a strike was at its height at hempstead when our train reached there the tracks were blocked with trains that had been stopped as they arrived from the different branches of the road and the employees were gathered about in groups discussing the situation the passengers peering around with hopeless curiosity when our train stopped the conductor told us that we would have to lie over all night and many of the passengers left to find accommodation in the hotels of the town it was now night when a man came into the car and exclaimed the strikers are tarring and feathering a poor wretch out there who has taken sides with the road come out and see it nearly every one in the car hastened out i had risen when a gentleman behind me gently pulled my coat and said to me sit down a moment he went on to say i judge sir that you are a clergyman and i advise you to remain here you may be put to much inconvenience by having to appear as a witness in a mob of that sort too there is no telling what may follow i thanked him and resumed my seat he then asked me to what denomination i belonged and upon my telling him that i was a methodist preacher he asked eagerly and promptly if i had ever met a methodist preacher in texas by the name of fisher describing accurately the appearance of our glorified brother finding that i knew him well he proceeded to give the following incident i give it as nearly as i can in his own words said he i am a californian have practiced law for years in that state and at the time i allude to was district judge i was holding court at i cannot now recall the name of the town he mentioned and on saturday was told that a methodist camp meeting was being held a few miles from town i determined to visit it and reached the place of meeting in good time to hear the great preacher of the occasion father fisher the meeting was held in a river canyon the rocks towered hundreds of feet on either side rising over like an arch through the ample space over which the rocks hung the river flowed furnishing abundance of cool water while a pleasant breeze fanned a shaded spot a great multitude had assembled hundreds of very hard cases who had gathered there like myself for the mere novelty of the thing i am not a religious man never have been thrown under religious influences i respect religion and respect its teachers but have been very little in contact with religious things at the appointed time the preacher rose he was small with white hair combed back from his forehead and he wore a venerable beard i do not know much about the bible and i cannot quote from his text but he preached on the judgment i tell you sir i have heard eloquence at the bar and on the hustings but i never heard such eloquence as that old preacher gave us that day at the last when he described the multitudes calling on the rocks and mountains to fall on them i instinctively looked up to the arching rocks above me will you believe it sir as i looked up to my horror i saw the walls of the canyon swaying as if they were coming together just then the preacher called on all that needed mercy to kneel down i recollect he said something like this every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess 
and you might as well do it now as then the whole multitude fell on their knees every one of them although i had never done so before i confess to you sir that i got down on my knees i did not want to be buried right then and there by those rocks that seemed to be swaying to destroy me the old man prayed for us it was a wonderful prayer i want to see him once more where will i be likely to find him when he had closed his narrative i said to him judge i hope you have bowed frequently since that day alas no sir he replied not much but depend upon it father fisher is a wonderful orator he made me think that day that the walls of the canyon were falling he went back to texas the scene of his early labors and triumphs to die his evening sky was not cloudless he suffered much but his sunset was calm and bright his waking in the morning land was glorious if it was at that short period of silence spoken of in the apocalypse we may be sure it was broken when fisher went in End of chapter twenty three